Set yourself a New Year goal, they said. It'll be fun. <sighs> Perhaps swimming in the Irish Sea wasn't such a good idea. Set a more achievable goal, like taking control of your finances with personalised money insights in the Bank of Ireland app. It'll help keep track of your spending, like changes to bills, or you might have too many subscriptions. See your tailored money insights, because your financial well-being is our priority. Bank of Ireland. Begin. Bank of Ireland is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Terms and conditions apply. Great. There goes my towel. The Left Wing, brought to you by Bank of Ireland, a proud sponsor of Irish Rugby. Never stop competing. Welcome to the Left Wing Podcast in association with Aldi. Spend €30 Euro in store for a chance to win €50,000 for your primary school. More chances, more prizes, more reason to enter. Nichiwa, and you are very welcome to the Left Wing Daily, an emergency episode of the Left Wing <laughs> Daily, it must be said, where Ireland's World Cup dream has been taking a massive hit after Japan stunned them 19-12 in Shizuoka. Um, I'm with Jonathan Bradley and Rory O'Connor. We weren't really planning on doing a podcast, guys, but I guess we weren't really expecting a result like this. Now, from the start, I think Jonathan, myself and you have to put our hands up. We thought it would be the bookies had it about right with a 20-point win. Rod, in fairness, you thought it would be 10 or less, but no one saw this coming, did they? No, I don't think I, I read or heard anyone say that this was a realistic result. Even talking to local media during the week, um, they were saying that a 15-point defeat for Japan would really be a good result and keep them on track for getting to the quarterfinals by beating Scotland. But I guess all the risk factors that I was concerned about came into play. Um, the heat, the humidity, the six-day turnaround, and the fact that Ireland were playing against the host nation at home in front of a crowd that was just amazing the electricity in the stadium every time every, they touched the ball every time they did anything yeah. they caught a line out the, the first scrum even though they got a penalty against them there, there, there was just this it wasn't like a, a guy from BBC downstairs was saying John, to me something Jonathan there was like being at a boy band concert it was like being at take that just the noise it wasn't yeah. like a rugby crowd um, they got a bit of favourability off the ref which I don't think we can complain about I think that's what happens when you play against host nations Ireland have never been a host, beaten a host nation uh, in a World Cup game it was a remarkable game to be at. It was a, a privilege to witness a bit of rugby World Cup history. At the same time, from an Irish point of view, it makes, it makes for a very interesting couple of weeks. And to see Ireland clinging on to a bonus point in the final stages of the game uh, against Japan is quite a shock. And it's going to take some coming back from for this Irish team. It's, it's, it's still only a few minutes, I guess, after the game. So we're, we're three of us are still trying to digest it as well. There's plenty of places you can start. But you mentioned the indiscipline there. Joe Schmidt prides himself on his teams being this most, the squeakiest clean in the world. They weren't today. Now, while, you know, Angus Gardner was the ref, Joe Schmidt put a lot of pressure on him earlier this week when he came out, you know, and, and mentioned him in the media. And Japan were doing the same. The penalty count in the end was 9-6. Ireland conceded seven in the first half, which was one fewer than they conceded in the Tower game against Scotland. So you'd imagine they got a rocket at halftime because they only conceded two more. But Jonathan, what was your sense? I have to say from, from watching it, it looked like Ireland just didn't adapt to what Gardner wanted. No, and I think that was the consistent theme throughout the game, especially at the breakdown. Like Ireland's breakdown policy essentially seemed to be to try and hold up the ball carrier and then you would see them go for the turnover but if they couldn't hold up the ball carrier which you saw increasingly and increasingly happen throughout whenever they started losing collisions if they didn't get somebody wrapped and holding up their ball carrier in that sort of choke tackle japan were just so quick and could essentially do whatever they want that 
for me was probably the most striking thing that Ireland lacked just any sort of breakdown presence if as I say they didn't get that choke tackler in there it had all started so well I mean it seems like such a long long time ago now but like Jack Carty was running the show Ireland were confident they were winning collisions they were on the front foot they were the kick passing was hurting Japan I think like Michael Leach I think coming off the bench was absolutely massive because yeah. of all the loud roars and despite at full time and well, even if it was speed, which it, he counted the game was unbelievable mm, and it was convenient even after the full time whistle the fireworks that display yeah. that was on behind the stadium was absolutely incredible as good as Japan's performance but the fact that they had the fireworks ready to go you know Japan had lined this game up but Jamie Joseph said it that they've been planning for this game for a year Joe Schmidt that they had been building towards Scotland did they take their eye off the ball I, I don't know I mean that, that's something that only Joe Schmidt can answer I think he got a few things wrong this week undoubtedly but I do think that the, the six day turnaround between the two games was a massive factor when Japan had eight days to build into it they looked tired I think the selection on reflection was, was the wrong selection particularly asking I don't know why Rory Best played any minutes last week because while he was excellent on Sunday he was anything but today and I mean he's a 37 year old man who's not used to playing 80 minutes forget his age I mean front row players don't play 80 minutes anymore he looked lethargic he wasn't alone the front row looked, looked tired yeah, Fur, Tyg Furlong didn't have his impact yeah, I mean, Healy was, wasn't punching holes and yeah, then even I mean, Peter O'Mahony was making some poor decisions as well which Peter O'Mahony was, was awful he gave away more penalties than anyone else I, mean, I uh, think he'll be the one that uh, has the most to say about Angus Gardner well he won't say it, but uh, privately he'll have the most to say about Angus Garner because they just seem to be trying each other's patience the whole way through the game. And that was another thing that factored into Ireland really losing that breakdown battle. But you talk about them being tired. Like, they didn't look tired. They looked punctured, like, yeah. after half an hour. Like, you talk about Leach coming on. So you had Leach coming on, and Luke Thompson smashes Jack Cardy, and then they win the scrum penalty. And you have those three key moments that really brought the crowd back into it there was three huge cheers because up to that point the game was going pretty much high I think that we thought it was going to Ireland won their first seven lineouts. they got a penalty out yeah. of the first scrum they were winning collisions Jack Cardy was really spreading the play about finding finding the space in behind like for those first sort of 25 minutes there were signs though there were like there was one time Jack Hardy put a kick on, on, down onto the blind side and nobody reacted no, like, yeah in fairness you pointed week, that out to me they would have pinned them back they would have been right on their toes they were just on their, t- their heels and Japan were finding like the fi- it's actually an achievement that Ireland kept Japan to no tries for 60 odd minutes it, like because Japan probed and probed mm. there was the one that bounced over the winger's head and Stockdale cleared it up in here there was a couple of chips in behind Josh van der Fleer showed an unbelievable set of wheels to, to rescue a situation Ireland were scrambling even though when they went to the 22 they were, were wonderfully efficient in those first 20 they, when they didn't have possession they didn't have control and they just didn't have control even though Schmidt said they were in control of the game they were, maybe were in control of the scoreboard and when they were in the 22 looked very good I do think there was elements that they would have liked to have more compared to Scotland when they just were in complete command of that game they weren't today and I suppose it does beg the question how good were Scotland last week as well yeah because the line speed wasn't there either it was actually Japan and that's another thing that we, you speak about so often when Ireland play well their line speed is up but it just wasn't there and even Jonathan you mentioned winning that scrum but Japan turned around and absolutely minced Ireland against the head again then you know so there, there were a lot of there were a lot of concerning signs um, the end game I guess let's let's talk about it. I know there's been a lot of chat on, on Twitter about it. Um, Joey Carberry puts the ball out. I mean, you know, I, I caught a bit of abuse, I, I think, for kind of suggesting would not have played, not, not that he would have played it, but it was a smart decision, I think, to kick the ball out. But I think what I was trying to get at, which you don't really get a chance on social media, was 
it was interesting that he went for a big raking kick if that was what he wanted to do now I've just spoken to him in the mix zone and he said he did know it was out that he just wanted to get the ball off what was your sense of that I mean Joe Schmidt said that you know it could be a valuable bonus point but it's just mad that it came out that Ireland were lucky to get away from here with a losing bonus point I think part of part of it sums it up the fact that you saw them basically happy to get the losing bonus point in the end Again, the thing that I would have found interesting, as you say, was that it was a big raking kick rather mm. than the fact that he didn't just turn around and avoid the Japanese players coming on to him and kick it out that way. Like, I don't think in that split second you sort of think about the optics and think, oh, well, at least it'll look better if I kick it longer rather than just turning around and kicking it over you the You rarely first line. see someone, I guess, is, is the point I was trying to make. If you're trying to kick the ball dead, do it that way that, that way because you went for a big one. And I'm sure it came across on TV for everyone watching at home. There's a massive gong goes off here when essentially like a hooter. But what was your sense of it? Yeah, I mean, I I think firstly, if it was a decision to get it off, and Joey Carberry says it was, it was the right decision. This was yep. basically being like away, away from home in France in a, in a pool game in Europe. Uh, in the end, it didn't start off that way, but they found themselves in a position where they were... They retain control of their own destiny. They need 10 points from the two, last two games, which is eminently achievable, and they're definitely in a quarter-final. It just, you know, they're, no, they're no longer in control of whether they face South Africa or New Zealand. It's a good job we got all those South Africa pieces out of the way this week, because it looks like that match might not happen. Felix Jones is suddenly surplus to requirements. <laughs> Do we but have any all black links? <laughs> I mean, I, I think I need to look up... I, I mean, you, your head is pretty buried in yeah. the copy when you're at in those last final minutes. It did. It was a strange kick to choose, if, you, if that's what you're trying to do but it was the right kick it was the right moment Ireland may look back on this and it's very hard to say that now in the immediate aftermath they may look back on this on that moment as the moment they stayed in the World Cup and gave themselves a chance to achieve something because they're not a, they, in the same way they didn't become the best team in the world after last week's win they haven't become the worst team in the world after this defeat um, they have time to correct some of what went wrong this, today but I think Japan showed other teams particularly if it is New Zealand who have the capacity to play at the same pace and ferocity um, how to go about beating Ireland don't put the ball into touch play at that that pace. was the fear Test we knew that though didn't we I mean that like this has been the blueprint for a while and you know England showed it again more recently but I guess a really really bad night was made even worse afterwards we got the confirmation that Jack Holland is out of the World Cup we saw him in the moon boot before the game the writing was on the wall in fairness Ruddy had a story in today's paper that all the sounds were that he would be missing out it's gutting. We've, we've spoken about it uh, throughout the, this week on the podcast. We're fully expecting Jordy Murphy to be on his way over, even though Joe Schmidt didn't confirm that afterwards. Yeah, they're waiting on a full medical report, which is fair yeah. enough in case, in case someone else is injured and they have to rejig. But, yeah, but, but we're down to, they're down to their bare bones now in terms of specialised number eight. CJ Stander didn't have a great game at all today. He was Although largely... He was one of the players that Joe Schmidt said himself and James Ryan were the two that he said were going till the end. And, and it was interesting that he named those two and nobody else yeah. because... Uh, you know, sometimes it's, not, it's, it's what Joe Schmidt doesn't say in a press conference. But in terms of special specialist number eight, if anything happens, CJ Stander, we, Jonathan, we spoke about this, I think, actually, during one of the earlier podcasts during Carton House, that, you know, Jordy Murphy often gets shifted around and his best performances had come at seven for Ulster this season, but he's, he's had a cha- couple of chances at number eight for Ireland and has never really properly convinced. So CJ Stander really needs to stay fit here, basically. Well, I don't think we're probably going to see CJ the next two games I think as soon as they can get Jordi out here like I think he's going to be starting I think as much as this is knocks them off course they're still going to be able to beat certainly Russia and on barring disaster Samoa and the other thing is we're going to have to see Rijek and these players aren't going to play seven games in seven weeks 
we expected them to maybe freshen up this week. They didn't do it. They now have no choice but to do it, especially with that short turnaround to Russia and again for Samoa. They spent the week in a, what looked like an amazing resort, like a retreat with like zen-like you know, areas and stuff. They're moving to Kobe in the morning to back into the heartland of a city where there's going to be no escape from this. You know, There's going to be people around. They clearly didn't deal well with the, sh- with the t- turnaround last week, Rod. You touched on it. Um, there absolutely will be changes for Russia Thursday. Where do you think they, they go from here? Because Russia will fancy a crack at them now while they're not the same quality as Japan. They're going to line them up and think that let's kick them while they're down. Russia will be committed, but if Ireland are not getting a bonus point against Russia, we will be going home. Um, and we, you know, Ireland will deserve to go home because Ireland are... You know, I don't know. They probably won't be the world's number two team after after this result. I think they'll, they'll probably fall a couple of places in the rankings. But they came over here thinking they were going to make history. They just didn't want to be part of this kind of history. Um, they haven't fallen that far, as I said. You know, the, even the the you know, Connacht beat Russia in the build-up, and I know Russia have upped their game. Every, you know, since then, um, they and they may sniff a bit of weakness. You know, Ireland, you will expect a response. You'll expect a physical performance. You'll expect a committed performance. Some players played well today. I think some of them are, will now have to back up because it does become imperative that they collect those f- uh, five points. But I would expect fully them to bounce back in that game. And then they've got a nine-day t- turnaround to Samoa, which is, an, again, as Jonathan said, an eminently winnable game. They should get there. The concerns that are in this game really will be... We will be going back into this game in the week of the quarterfinal and wondering whether the, the team they're playing, which is likely to be New Zealand, are able to expose the fault lines that Japan exposed today. But it is a dangerous fixture in terms of just being able to pick them up in that short space of time. There's a travel day, there's an open session against the Japanese team, the Kobe Steelers. I don't know if Dan Carter will be there, but he does. it is the club he plays for. I'm not sure, is it Rob Penny? Uh, maybe it isn't. But it, it, it is going to be interesting that if, you know they're playing against a group of p- players from the home country. Um, in an open session on Tuesday, maybe Joe Schmidt wouldn't, you know, that would seem like a good idea when they thought he'd be two from two and going down there. Um, uh, it's it's a bit more dangerous, but really, God, God, you know, if if we're starting to worry about playing Russia, who are the lowest ranked team at this tournament, yeah, they um, can, they can still turn it around. Like Ireland can still get out of this pool. Like I said, the path might be very different. The hysteria will be, I guess, over the top, but you know. They, they can turn around, I guess. They're, they're Either way, they knew they were going to face, if they get out of the pool, an incredibly tough quarterfinal. Um, do you think they can do it, Jonathan? Get out of the pool? Or? Yeah, to get out of the pool, that's what I mean. That's where. Absolutely. Like, I would be as surprised as I was by what happened today. I would be 10 times more surprised if they don't take 10 points from the next two games. Like We spoke about the bonus point and the way that it looked, but that bonus point puts you on 6, 10 more puts you on 16. Scotland are presently on zero with three games left so something absolutely catastrophic like more catastrophic than what we just witnessed would have to happen for them not to get out of the pool like you'd be talking 2007 on top of 2007 on top of 2007 again for them not to get out of the pool from here yeah well tonight was was pretty bad it was the first time they've been beaten by a non-tier one team in a world cup um stay tuned to independent.e we'll have plenty of reaction and analysis coming over throughout the day but we'll be back with the podcast on monday lads we'll have another chance to look at it but something tells me it's not going to be any prettier watching it second time around yeah and uh, before we finish we should probably just pay tribute to japan and and the occasion that we've watched as well because we have just seen sporting history. I know we will focus on the, on the Ireland stuff, and, and and that's what we're here to do. But sometimes you just got to sit back and uh, applaud your opponents for for what they did. It was a really really impressive display, and amazing. I don't think any of us will ever forget the noise that we saw here today or that we heard here today. The whole experience from start to finish was remarkable, and 
while Ireland will focus on the, uh, the, the, the performance and what needs to go right, the rest of the world is sitting back and applauding Japan. And this World Cup has actually got the bit of thunderbolt that it probably needed. Uh, whatever about Uruguay winning the other day, this is, this is going to make waves all over the world. So, um, you know, kudos to them. And, and <laughs> it could be worse. We could be Scottish. Yeah. <laughs> well, I admire your uh, finishing on a positive note. But, yeah, I'd like to echo that. Japan were absolutely sensational. Fully deserving of the win. But, yeah, we'll be back on Monday, lads, to, to go through it, I guess, in a final to come. Cheers. Cheers. The Left Wing Podcast in association with Aldi. Spend €30 in store for a chance to win €50,000 for your primary school.